Hi guys, I just wanted to give a little shout out to an adorable little shop that I found last week. These uh, people are not an official sponsor of our show, but I was just so happy with what I found there. The name of the shop is Annie M's Children's Shop. They're at 401 Nash Street in Wilson. They have gently loved clothing and nursery items for kids. They have all sizes and they had shoes and books and toys. It is just such an adorable little shop and I encourage you to go there. They give discounts for so many different people, medical personnel, military, grandparents, and I could have spent my life savings in there. I was able to get something for all four grandchildren and come out without breaking the bank. So I encourage you guys to go and visit Annie M's Children's Shop. Thank you. We'll get on with the show now. And tonight we're going to talk about the case of Brian Keith Smith. Now this is another North Carolina case and it involves a place that I love, Wilmington, North Carolina. And when I was in my 20s, actually right around the time of this crime, I spent a lot of time in Wilmington. But I was kind of in a different area. I didn't hang out downtown. But Michael, I think you did a lot of hanging out downtown. You're the same age as this guy. So you would have been like early 20s when this happened and... You might have been hanging around downtown at some of the bars. I did hang out a lot there. My friend Troy, his parents had a house in Wrightsville Beach, and we would go to Wilmington a lot. But hopefully I never uh, ran, came that close to this guy's fate. What kind of bars did you hang out at? Um, the Mad Monk, Bessie's by the Sea. So two I can think of right off the bat. Uh, I know there was a few others that we used to play at and stuff. I always loved Wilmington. It was a great, great town. And then you and I went there on our first anniversary, and we did stay downtown. Mm -hmm. And we walked up and down Front Street. We stayed right on the Cape Fear River, right across from the battleship. North Carolina was right out of our window. Mm -hmm. And that was really neat. It's really it pretty. Awesome. Um, lots of shops, lots of stuff. Um, it flooded real bad last year. Yeah, they had a lot of flooding down there. And it, but it's it's full of old homes. Um, lots of cool stuff to see, cool stuff to do, bars, bands, um, stuff for young people to enjoy. And I'm sure that's what drew Brian Smith there in May of 1994. But where most young people had their fun, like we did, and returned home and continued to live their lives, Brian was there on the streets of Wilmington one minute, laughing and enjoying a night with friends, and the next minute he was gone, never to be seen alive again. Hold on to your loved ones, you just never know how close we are. One minute you're here, next minute something crazy is going on, and whole world's changed. Hey y'all, you're listening to a Southern Sleuth podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Briggs. And I'm Michael Briggs.
Brian grew up in about 30 miles from Wilmington in a place called Oak Island, North Carolina. I don't ever remember going there. I'm sure you have because you've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. I have drove through Oak Island once. It wasn't one of the regular beaches, but uh, it, it was very nice, pretty, laid back, not a lot of commercial um, type businesses, more like Southport beaches, you know, just not built up, just a lot of pretty homes and beautiful scenery. Well, Brian had an older sister, Heather, and a twin brother, Marion. And he played bas- uh, played baseball in school, and he was very popular. He loved the beach, he liked to surf, and it speaks to my soul that he liked reggae music, because we know I love reggae music. Oh, yeah. And he was just a few months shy of 21, and sharing an apartment with his twin brother at the time of his murder. On May 1st, 1994, Brian left his house to go hang out in downtown Wilmington with some friends. And then they went to the bar. It was called Ice House. And they met up with some other people. And the story goes that there was a female in the group and she wanted to go dancing. And so they left there and headed to the Barbary Coast where they actually do have a dance floor. Well, you know, that's a good thing when the girls want to start dancing. Yeah, usually the guys follow the girls wherever they want to go, right? In the right direction. Yes. So most of the group went into the Barbary Coast bar, but Brian stayed outside. There was a British naval ship, the HMS Endurance. It was a dock in Wilmington right then. Uh And a lot of the British sailors were hanging around downtown Wilmington. And the last time his friends saw him, he was standing outside the bar talking to these sailors. I don't know how long his friends were in the bar before they came back out, but they say when they came out, the sailors were gone and Brian was gone and they could not locate him. So like most young people do, they just kind of thought, I'm sure, well, he went home, he got, he went somewhere else and they just, they all left. They went home. Right. But that's not quite what happened. Yeah, the next day, Brian's twin brother, Marion, talked to his mom, and he told her that Brian didn't come home the night before and that he had a bad feeling. But I didn't read anything or listen to anything that said that he was reported missing, so I'm not really sure if he was ever reported missing. Well, you know, mom could have, you know, been 20, almost 21 mom could have gave it time maybe she thought he might have uh you know got him a little girly action or something you know or yeah and sometimes when you're grown and someone tries to report you missing a lot of times right the police will say well you know a grown person has every right to go wherever they want to go if there's not something that really stands out and says there's something wrong So they were just kind of on hold, not knowing where he was and what was going on. But six days later, Brian's body was found by some fishermen. And it was in the water. 
in a place called Town Creek, North Carolina, which is about 15 miles from Wilmington. He was in the water about 8 miles from the Town Creek Bridge, which is on Highway 17. And when he was found, he was only wearing his shirt and his socks. And he was pulled out of the water and... They, of course, did an autopsy to determine his cause of death, death, and his cause of death was blood loss due to his throat being slit. Wow. It's pretty brutal. So, Marion, the twin, took on the duty of going to their mother to tell her that his twin brother was never coming home. And didn't you say he had to... Uh Tell him this on Mother's Day? Yes. Tell it to her? It was Mother's Day. Wow. And that makes it very sad because this is going to be released later in the week. But today, while we're recording this, it actually is Mother's Day. Yeah. So that makes this kind of extra sad for me. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers listening. Then tragedy struck again because that same day when they found Brian's body, his mother, Lou's sister, died suddenly of a heart attack. So Brian's mom, Lou, lost her son and her sister in the same day. We can't even imagine hardly one event, much less both at the same time. But what did I... So they never... You never saw any report of them being missing being reported missing no i didn't hear anything about the family having reported him missing i'm not sure like i said i'm not sure if they were unable to report him missing or if they just didn't because maybe he had he had gone off before i I really don't know that part well it, it seems like obviously the first people to try to talk to would be the last people talking to him you know the navy the uh yeah they they spoke to they interviewed all the friends he was with they spoke to all the people that were hanging out around there witnesses family friends they even flew um the next year they flew to london some of the investigators to interview the sailors but they said upon interviewing them they didn't feel like any of them were suspects someone came forward at a later time i'm not sure exactly when and i don't know exactly how it came forward i'm not sure if it was a tip called in if they actually went to the police or if it was a maybe it was brought by carrier pigeon but someone came forward and said they saw brian on the town creek bridge around 11 a.m may 2nd which would be 11 a.m the the next day after he went missing which it may have been i'm not sure what time these friends were with him it was probably already may 2nd it was probably after midnight but this person reported seeing him 11 a.m may 2nd on this bridge with four other individuals and brian had his hands in the air almost like they were holding him up like a stick up you know so I don't know exactly what they saw, but I read it in a couple of different credible places. So I feel like that it is an like an official sighting that they do take it seriously that it was really him. Man, I mean, I guess they could ask that guy, the witness, 
what he saw and try to get some leads but that's that's probably really tough to uh to follow unless you've got cameras close by anywhere they might pick up cars and things if they could remember maybe you know a possible car color or right anything. but remember that this was in 1994 and this is before there was a camera on every corner yeah and he was also on the town creek bridge on highway 17 and i don't think that there's anything around there i think it's pretty much an isolated place and i'm not sure how this person saw them but that was pretty much well if they saw him during the day i mean obviously they saw his hands in the air i mean it must have got Somewhat of a decent view, right? I'm just not, I'm not sure if they were on the river looking up at him on the bridge, if they were riding down the road, if they were. I'm, I'm not sure. Right. Oh, all, I gave was. all the information that I got on that when they saw him on the Town Creek Bridge. It was about 11 a.m. Four people with him. Don't know if they're men or women, and that he had his hands in the air. Right. And then months went by without any answers. Um. And then those months became years. And then in 1998, Brian's mother was very desperate. I mean, obviously, she's desperate for answers. She wants to know what happened to her son. Who did this to him? She went on the Montel Williams show and talked with famed psychic Sylvia Brown. Now, I don't know if you remember Sylvia Brown, but in the 1990s, she was pretty popular, and Montel had her own. It felt like every day, and I watched Montel, and I watched Sylvia Brown. I didn't care you much did. for her. Um, I thought she was kind of exploitive on some of the people's emotions. And because yeah, then, wasn't that the one you were telling me that she came out and told the girl that had lost her father that it wasn't really her father yeah i think i think the girl's father has died or something and she told her that well pretty much it's okay he's not even really your father wow now it could have been staged but it just seemed very odd to me and oh, it seems it like it's, it's almost like like i said exploiting somebody when they're at their very lowest and i know that's psychics are kind of a thing that some people believe in some people agree now i do believe there are people that get certain feelings or premonitions right but as far as being able to actually see in their mind what happened to somebody or actually see names i'm not sure i really believe in that that's tough but if it was my kid i can see oh you'd be grabbing on to anything i can see grasping at any straw that I could. So Sylvia told Lou, that's Brian's mom, that the answers about Brian's murder left Wilmington on that naval ship. She said Brian was murdered due to some female sailor that felt rejected by Brian. She described the woman physically, and Marion, his brother, said that the woman sounded like a female British sailor that Brian had actually introduced to him just a few days before he disappeared. So that was kind of like a bombshell to them. It's like, okay, he's, she, she's describing this girl, matches the description of a girl he had actually seen with his brother. There's a lot more to this than they're saying that if he had been talking to a girl for two days i mean that's a lot can happen a lot of jealousy let's say 
something was happening between that girl and another guy on the crew, you know, and they dock into town and gets a little chummy with this guy, and then next thing you know, that's the end of that guy. Yeah, and I don't know who this girl was. It's the only place I've ever seen her mentioned at. But Sylvia Brown talked to the Smiths. She talked to them on air, off air. She even gave them some names that should be looked into. And Brian's mom was you know, very interested in this information. And she was very interested in the detectives looking into it. And she really wanted them to return overseas to question these sailors. But I'm not sure if that ever happened. But what did happen was, in 2003, a Tennessee woman was arrested. Susan Tester of Mountain City, Tennessee, was charged with two counts of accessory after the fact for the kidnapping and murder of Brian. Do what? Yes, she was arrested for in charge with two counts of accessory after the fact. One for the kidnapping and one for the murder. So how did this come about? I do not know. And in her warrant, she was accused of helping the murderer escape the area. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know how it came about. That's all I found was this article that said in 2003... Susan Tester of Mountain City was charged with two counts of accessory after the fact. And in her warrant, they named the murder suspect that she supposedly helped escape. What is his name? John Virgil Masters. So that's who we're looking for. I don't know, because that was in 2003, and that is it. That is it. Is she Not still in jail? one further shred of information about these people can you find on line i'm not the only one that's looked there's nothing and in every interview and every article done since 2003 they are never mentioned again the mom's done several interviews on television she's never mentioned them in 2009 they actually put up a, a billboard asking for tips leading to arrest of someone i looked for Susan Tester or John Master in the North Carolina prison system. I didn't see any record of them having ever been locked up for anything. She did. I didn't see anything about a trial. I didn't see anything about them in Tennessee. So I am not I sure if, you if could get the uh, what happened there. I wonder if you could get. Well, I, I guess the court transcript. It doesn't appear there was a court transcript. Doesn't appear they ever went to court. It appears like there was a. She was arrested. He had escaped because it said she helped him escape the area, and at in the article, a, a he was named John Virgil Masters, but a warrant had not been issued for his arrest. Well, that sounds like a British name, doesn't it, Masters? I really don't know. Tester is her name. And now she, Tester is a very prominent, uh, not prominent, prevalent. Tester is a very prevalent Tennessee name. Because I, when I was looking through it, there's a lot of Testers in Tennessee. Now, Masters, again, that's not a whole lot. But that's what made me think, is he not even from here? But I did find... A John Virgil Masters that might have been his father. 
that had died um, and was going to be buried in Aruba. But I don't know. He he was not from overseas. He was from the United States or he lived in the United States. So I, I, it was very confusing. That's just it. That's it. You have this one article talking about these people. It's like this big break. But it's never mentioned again. Like there's a ton of follow-up articles. You know how sometimes with things like this, they'll do one like every 10 years. So it was nine years later, right? Is that right. math right? Nine years later, they've done follow-ups on this story in 2009, 2011, 2013, 2017. One as recently I read on May 2nd of this year. But nothing is mentioned about anybody being arrested, and they don't mention this man's name as if they're looking for him. So I am not sure what happened there. Do you think the article is correct? I don't see it was it was on a real it was on a real news website where they had had other reports about his murder, and it was a pretty in depth piece. Article as far as you know, it talked about they didn't understand that no mention of a warrant for him had been mentioned yet. It was kind of like she was arrested. These are her charges. She was under a hundred thousand dollar bond, and she was being charged with helping him. He was named as the person that she was the accessory to. But there was nothing saying, you know, there's a warrant out for his arrest. We're looking for him. Usually when someone has committed murder and they're on the run, it's all over everywhere. Bulletins, it'll always come up. You know, we're looking for this person. Never mentioned not one single other time. Wow, that's, that's very confusing and quite interesting. Right, all the new ones just—they just say the the investigators cite ongoing investigation, which is what they often do, and they've said it is an ongoing investigation. It's not—it's not that they're not working on it. They are. They continue to work on it. I wonder if we contacted them if they would give us any four one one about that, you know, other guy. Just kind of baffling, you know. Well, I feel like if they were going to give it to me, they would give it to the other reporters in the area where they already... Well, at least say something. No. I mean, we screwed up. We put the wrong thing. They were talking about another couple. They were talking about another guy. You know, maybe they she confessed to something that wasn't sounding like that, but it was something else. And they got, the, got it right. I don't know, but it's kind of odd that, well, if they never found him, then you wouldn't have an arrest record for him, but... You know, whatever happened to her, you know. Now, again, I didn't spend money to look for an arrest record. I looked for them having been in the North Carolina or Tennessee prison system. Gotcha. Okay. Just to see if they had ever been charged with anything and put into prison. It would only show up if they had been in prison. Or, I believe, the North Carolina one shows certain sentencing. And if... It's certain things you can find on that. Gotcha. But I didn't, you would have to spend money to really come up with an arrest record and find out more about that, which might be something that I would be willing to do at some point, but I did not do it for this episode. I got a friend that could ask. One thing that his brother Marion said 
that might tell us how Brian, a healthy 20-year-old guy, was taken, was that they used to hitchhike a lot. So I'm wondering if Brian got separated from his friends. Maybe he did go off somewhere with those naval guys. And then he needed a ride home. And he ended up just taking a ride with someone. And, and then, then getting held up somewhere yeah. and robbed and killed. It's a little disturbing about his pants being off when they found him. Yeah, that is disturbing to me. And, and there's also nothing saying whether or not they found his pants or anything else about whatever they may have found in the area. Now, some of the stuff, of course, is oftentimes kept secret for reasons right. to protect the integrity of the investigation. Right. So there might be some, there might be information out that they, that they're just really good at protecting. And that might be why I can't find anything and why the mom doesn't say anything about the people maybe maybe there's a whole reason behind it yeah i could see where that could could make sense yeah wilmington north carolina isn't much different now than it was then um it's still a place for young people to go and find music and friends and drinks it's a beautiful the, port city yeah the Barbary Coast is still open, as it has been since 1946. Ice House closed down in 2004, I think. Probably none of the young people hanging around the area even know about Brian Keith Smith. I just hope they look out for one another and keep themselves as safe as possible. Amen. Brian's father died in 2017 without knowing who killed his son. And I really hope that this one can be solved while his mom is still on this earth. She stated in a recent interview that she thinks of Brian. And when she does, she does not think of his death. Instead, she relives happy memories of her son, his love of the water, and his sense of humor. Oh, man. This really gets to me. Tough, tough. If you have any information about this case, call the Brunswick County Sheriff's Office, 910-253-2777. If you have information about this case or any unsolved case in North Carolina, please contact the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation by email, SBI Operations Center, or by phone, 800-334-3000. There is a reward of $6,000 being offered in this case. Thank you guys for listening. Please find us on Facebook. We have a discussion group, a Southern Sleuth podcast. We have a website, a Southern Sleuth podcast.com, where you can see pictures and other links regarding the cases. You can comment. You can email us. We have an Instagram, which I am working on, and I'll have that up and have something up there for you to look at soon. But we really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, every little bit of help you can give or spread the word or share the uh, podcast could help uh, bring relief to some loved one that doesn't know what happened to their, their child or wife or partner. So any help's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much.